Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Nostalgia Podcast. My name is Chris Warren and I am so excited to be your host today. Also joining me for this episode, we have my good friend and co-host, Joshua Taylor. We are back and we're playing with power. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a game that is so near and dear to my heart. I absolutely love this game. But before we get into that and what we are radical rexing about, let's see how Josh is doing today. So Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Shoot, I, w- I was trying to come up with a joke there for about three seconds, and I was like, I'm just not... <laughs> well, I was, I was, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that. I, I, I didn't have anything. My, my material was all used up. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing okay. Um, hopefully, uh, Jacob's doing okay. If not, I'm sure uh, the funeral arrangements will be happening within the coming week or weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jacob is not with us today. Um, a, he's dead. And B, God rest his soul. Yeah. <laughs> and B, we decide, decided to fire him because, uh, you know, the time has come, really. And uh, we're, we're going to take over. Fire the him after here. he dies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's necessary. twist the dagger. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So um, why don't we get into what we are radical rexing about? All right. So, Josh, since it's just you and me today, I would be happy to have you start us off. So what have you been radical rexing about? All right. So, well, with um, with the start of this new year, um, there hasn't been a whole lot exciting going on, except um, we have finally, over a long period of saving up um, Christmas gifts and things like that, long story short, we have saved up enough to possibly make uh, Walt Disney World happen here for us in the next several months. Um, awesome. Long story short on that, we have a free place to stay. Um, this has been kind of planned. We, we try to make something like this happen every once in a while, and every time it does, we slowly save up. Um, stimulus, things like that might have helped. <laughs> but basically, it's it's it is one of our one of our favorite places to go. It's it's somewhere I very much love. Um, I know it is super. I know it's overpriced. I, we're all aware of that, but <laughs> I, I I can't yeah. really help it. Um, it's where we went for our honeymoon. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I used to go there a ton as a kid. I have a lot of great memories from that. Um, this will be the second time my daughter has been, and she's now six, so she should remember this one pretty well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it'll be the first time I've gone. One thing I'm, in particular I'm really excited about. It'll be the first time I've gone since the Galaxy's Edge area has been added, and I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I'm definitely excited to go see that. Nice. So uh, now after this, depending on the plans, um, just depending how life goes, I guess, and and when that park will be finally built. Um, the next plan may be to go to Universal for that uh, Super Nintendo World. Awesome. At the time it opens in Orlando. Now, if that's like five years off, we're probably going to take a vacation again before then. But that that's sort of the that's the plan in my head if it all goes according to plan. Right. Yeah. I have no idea how the progress is going with the uh, the Florida one. You know, I know the Japan one is almost done, but uh, no clue how much progress uh, they've made on the the USA one. But I'm thinking like within two years they'll probably have that ready. You know, I very much hope so. I know it's not just Nintendo in that in that area. There. So yeah, I uh, I can't wait to do that. There's going to be a lot to that area. Nintendo's just part of it. But yeah, even. Uh, the one in Orlando, from what I've seen, is supposed to have a Donkey Kong area along with the Mario stuff that Japan got, and that makes me almost even more excited. Um, 
Like especially if they have like a minecart ride and all of that sort of thing, that would be amazing. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So that's probably the biggest thing on my mind. I always get super excited for that. Yeah. Um, I love going to trips in general anyway. And I was stuck in West Virginia all of 2020. I've never, I don't know if a year of my life I've never left the state. <laughs> so that was, that was very uncomfortable to me. <laughs> but yeah. Um, other than that, really just kind of still hopping around on some different games. I can't keep up with it all, um, even myself, because <laughs> if, if there's nothing new coming out, I'm like, hey, I want to play this. Let's jump to this. Let's jump to that. And I'm kind of in the middle of that right now. Mm -hmm. So, Any games in particular that have really stood out to you? Um, uh, just out of the hype, I started messing around again on Fallen, uh, Jedi Fallen Order on my Xbox, kind of started a new game plus, And I love that. That game's awesome. Um, Great. Hopped around on, I still can't believe I'm saying this, but I've hopped around on Fortnite with some friends. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just you're becoming your own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, it, 2020 was rough on me. It's it's hurting me. Right. I'm changing as a person. You're a new Josh. You know, Animal Crossing, the normal stuff, just a little bit of everything. Okay. Oh, you jump back into Animal Crossing. Okay. So how um, what's going on with like January? Is there any fun events with Animal Crossing at the moment? Um, right now it's kind of slow. I guess after like the whole Christmas and New Year's and all of that sort of thing went on, but. Uh, I believe there's a big update coming near the end of the month, if I remember correctly. I can't remember what all it is, but I know I know they're keeping that rolling. And I'll, I like that, um, especially since yeah. my daughter got her own Switch recently. So it's kind of brought me back into it a little bit. Right, yeah. How um, how did she react to her gift? I was uh, I keep meaning to ask you about that. Oh, yeah, she loved it. I, I, that was one of her um, biggest things she wanted. She she pokes at it. I mean, we don't let her sit there and play the Switch all day long, but she still she still pokes right. at that almost daily. Um, so I, I think <laughs> that I think that was a good uh, good gift, a good call, I guess. But yeah, so that that's been fun. Do you have that recorded by any chance? Like the moment that she opened it? I don't actually. We got a lot of pictures uh, and things like that. I'm not, okay. I'm not. I'm not quite my mom. My mom used to have like the big giant like. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> Cam killer. Like, yeah, yeah, that big thing out like every Christmas and record like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. But yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that was a great gift. I was really happy when you told us that you were gonna get her that. So that's that's awesome that you're finally able to do that. And now you know, like father, like like father, like daughter when it comes to gaming. And uh, it'll be cool to see like how your your tastes kind of evolve with each other. You know. Hopefully a little more balanced than me, and hopefully, hey, hopefully she'll make good <laughs> use of it before, you know, before she's my age. <laughs> yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of games she gravitates towards. You know, like it'll be kind of surprising to see if she's like, you know, what I don't want Kirby, I want you know Call of Duty or something oh else, like totally out of left field. You Turn know? on me. So that'll be funny. I'm she sure she seems very creative. <laughs> so you know that might that might be a good a good thing. Cool. Great. Not not Call of Duty, but I just mean the fact that she's creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm sure she'll find some uh, you know unique creative titles that might suit her taste. You know, um, cool. That's great. Glad to hear that you're doing well and uh, you're playing around with some games. Um, for me, with uh, you know Radical Rexing and all that stuff, I literally just got my Pro Controller back, my Switch Pro Controller. You probably saw in the chat, but. You know, in September, I had my left Joy-Con broke. Uh, my left Joy-Con broke, and I so I had to mail that one in. That took a month, and then I had my right Joy-Con break, and then that took a month for them to fix. And now I finally got my Pro Controller back. So after what three, four months? I yeah, after a few months, I finally have 
the controllers that I need to uh, to have some fun with my games. And like for me, um, like I need my pro controller because before it, like I was just trying to deal with my uh, my faulty B button, but like it's just I can't do that. Especially with like Killer Queen Black, I was trying to play a match with that. You need to like really tap on that B button and. I, I, nah. I can't I can't get away with that and act like that's okay. So, um, luckily they sent me a brand new one. So I was kind of annoyed at first that I pay thirty dollars just to get a new B button because I didn't feel like repairing it myself. It's like a lot more involved than one might think. But um, yeah, they they sent me yeah. a totally brand new one. So I got a new battery and uh, just all new buttons. It feels totally like brand new. Obviously, so really thrilled about that. In my personal life, I just started my internship, and um, my ev- everyone that I work with is just so awesome. Like everyone's just been so helpful and just, like super friendly. Like we've been going out to lunch, and they're like so willing to teach me um, everything about my job. So um, I'm I'm so so happy, and I'm thrilled that I got assigned to this particular place and. Um, if I get hired there, I'll be happy to, to move to this area. It's an, a, a very, you know, clean, um, spaced out, like natural area. So I, I kind of do hope that I get hired after this. I'm, I'm, I love it. Every day has been awesome. Um, gaming wise, uh, honestly, I've just been playing the game that we'll be talking about. So I've been playing a lot of Rayman and that has been on the, uh, 3DS. I haven't been playing the N64 version and, um, also, you know, we had that trailer drop today for Super Mario 3D World, oh, yeah. and I am a huge, huge Super Mario 3D World fan. That was the reason I got my Wii U. Um, I admit that when I f- saw the first trailer during that E3, I think that was like E3 2013 or something, I was like devastated and so disappointed because that was just a horrible first reveal of that game. It looked so boring, especially after the two massive Galaxy games that we had. And also, you know, 3D Land wasn't too shabby. But, you know, after they had that second trailer that that followed uh, shortly after, um, I was like, okay, this is it for me. And, oh, man, that game... Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. I absolutely love that game. Like, actually, Josh and I, we were talking about this today. Josh and I, I totally can't fault him for, for thinking this way. And correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but Josh, I think you prefer, like, more open uh, 3D-type games like uh, Mario Odyssey. And, you know, like I was saying before, that's my preference, too, or at least it was, but, like, until 3D World came out, I was just like, wow, this is like this is now my new preference. Like just having these um, like vi- I don't know, I guess the way that I would describe it is like these curated, um, very thoughtfully designed stages. And um, yeah, like just just bouncing around between these different stages where it's like they have these like designated paths for you and they have these like curated uh, short experiences for you. That's kind of my preference because I feel like the platforming in that way is a little bit better because it's just like nonstop platforming. But with 3D environment, it's more about exploration. So that's fun in its own way. But I I think when it comes to my 3D uh, Mario games, I kind of prefer 3D World. So I personally am thrilled about this, this new port. Um, I just pre-ordered it today, and um, I got the Amiibo on the way as well. And uh, this new um, 
What is it? Bowser's Fury stage seems really interesting and weird, and that's uh, I'm just all about it. Um, so, Josh, what are your thoughts on uh, this new 3D World port? I'm really curious. Well, um, actually, with with like the original 3D World, you know, I got it on Wii U as well, and <laughs> darn it, this is really tempting to pick up, um, just for for multiple reasons. But uh, yeah, I, I think it was kind of like you. Like initially, I was a little bit disappointed, like with the reveal of the original 3D World. Um, I actually felt kind of the same way about 3D Land. Like it just to me, it just felt like it was almost—I don't know how else to word it other than sort of because I, I love Mario, but almost like a generic Mario, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sort of that same flagpole, right? You know what I mean? Like even with like Mario two and three, well, not two in Japan, but like the for example, the goalpost was different and world and you know things were different, right. but it was like they—I felt like they were so stuck on nostalgia and sticking like the tanuki leaf in there and things like that i'm kind of talking about land as well but mm-hmm. I, I just felt like there wasn't as it didn't look like there's a whole lot of fresh ideas um it looked a little stale maybe but you know once i got to playing it once i gave world a big chance i I think it actually ended up being pretty great in its own way um I, it's almost like i still prefer games like odyssey or 64 or something mm-hmm. but it's it's sort of different like i don't know if i can really fairly compare the two it just depends on what i'm in the mood for yeah um yeah i think they're both great in very different ways you know for sure for sure and i mean and like with 3d world you you can play that in co-op and i think it actually plays pretty well in it where you know the Mm -hmm. 3d games you a few of them you can but it's not very great you know the co-op right Um, right I think something else with, with land and world, not to get stuck on that for too long, but that kind of bugged mm-hmm. me was the way it looks with like the land, like everything, even in world, it kind of did this where everything was like floating for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like the, like, like the levels, yeah, like the whole level would just be floating. We're like, yeah, um, I can't really compare it to Odyssey cause it came out after, but like with sunshine or even with 64 mm-hmm. to an extent. Granted, it was a little more limited. Uh, some levels were still kind of floating, but it didn't feel as off there. Right. Um, I just feel like it felt more natural, especially with Sunshine in particular. Um, Galaxy yeah. kind of had the same thing, except it had a reason to with the planets and things like that. Right. Right. It went with the theme. Yeah, where yeah. I just felt like this was just a bunch of blocks kind of slapped together to make the level work. <laughs> so I didn't like that right. at first, but again, it's like the more I go back to to it, the more I'm sort of okay with it. And I, I've, I've sort yeah. of gotten over that. I feel like it's being a little petty, but I think it was just not what I wanted out of Mario at the time. But now, yeah, looking, looking at it now, I'm like, oh, this is this is fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the when when you talk about it that way, I, and I completely agree with, uh, you know, a lot of what you're saying, really. But I think, like you said, it's not really what we wanted at that time. Like, at that time, you know, we had Mario Galaxy and then Mario Galaxy Two, these massive grand space adventures that just totally took the rule book and threw it out and just threw everything uh, in the the washer machine, whatever that saying is, uh, into those games. Like they were just they they were just oozing with personality and, and level design ideas and. Um, you know, and then we had 3D Land, which was very interesting and unique in its own way, and kind of did its own weird thing, where it was like a balance between Galaxy and the older like 2D games. Um, so that was interesting, but like it was just such a weird way to introduce that game to us, 3D World, because a it's called 3D World, okay, but 
it's, it's not in 3D. <laughs> so right off the bat, that was just like odd and uncomfortable and weird for us to get used to. And kind of all of us were like, just like, okay, I mean, I guess you can call it that. But, um, you know, the, the more that you really understand their intention behind it and the ambition behind it, where it's like, you know, 3D land was awesome, but we're just going to make it a little bit more co-op-y and multiplayer focused. And, um, you know, in the trailers, it kind of looks like they their ideas were kind of stale, like, oh, okay, we have clear pipes, like, that's what you're bringing to the table, clear pipes instead of green ones, okay. But, like, if you if you really, you know, look at the, the levels themselves and what they bring to the table, there's a lot of new uh, introductions into each stage and a lot of very, very clever level design that really doesn't really show itself until you start to play it and really understand why from like a platforming perspective, like a, a platform design perspective, so clever and, and ambitious and, um, you know, not really what we were expecting at that time, but kind of what we needed uh, for those of us who like just genuinely enjoy great platforming experiences. So um, yeah, sorry to yeah. drown out our talk about 3d world, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm glad that we, we got that out of our systems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. But overall I'm extremely excited for the 3d world uh, port in. It's going to be really cool a to play it portably. So I'll be able to, be able to play that game anywhere once I'm able to go places and um and I think we can play online right uh from what I've heard I believe so I almost forgot about that yeah yeah so that'll be a great introduction so as much as I love the Wii U version I feel like this will just be like a more perfected version that like we'll all end up playing and uh you know the bigger the audience for it the, the better you know um It'll just be fun to like talk about with people online and kind of have these shared experiences in that way. So, um, yeah. Also, totally uh, uh, gonna add this to my radical correct thing. I believe that I have been qualified to get the vaccine in the current phase. So um, I haven't gotten an email yet, but I am in one A. So uh, I am hoping to get my first vaccine very soon, and I am overjoyed about that um and the reason for that is because of my internship so apparently if i work in you know a service that's uh, you know considered to be an essential service you know public health um then i qualify for it even if i'm not technically being paid for it it's an internship so um yeah we'll see what happens with that but that would be a huge relief for me so just wanted to throw that out there anyway I think this would be a great time for us to jump into our topic, and that is Rayman 2, The Great Escape for the N64. So... Rayman 2 uh, came out in October of 1999. Rayman 2, The Great Escape, is the sequel to a game that was originally a PlayStation gem, and that was uh, a Rayman, just straight up Rayman. Um, and I didn't know about that game until much, much later. So for me, Rayman 2 is my first game. Um, the uh, company that developed it was Ubisoft. And I guess you could classify this game as being like... <clears throat> 
excuse me, like a, a 3D action adventure, kind of like collect-a-thon-y type game. Um, but it's not really like an open world game in, in the way that, you know, Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie are. It's a slightly more linear than that. You do kind of have like this, this uh, map where you kind of jump into each level. So it's not so much that there's like this grand open world and you kind of pick and choose where you want to go, really. Um, but it is very similar to a game that came out a little bit before this, and Ryan wanted me to make sure that I mentioned this. So Tonic Trouble was also made by Ubisoft, and Tonic Trouble, from what I understand, is very similar to Rayman. It's almost like a rough draft of what Rayman came to be, really. Um, I haven't played it personally. I do hear pretty good things, but I hear that you know Rayman 2 is just like a better version of Tonic Trouble. Um, Josh, do you have any experience with Tonic Trouble? I do, but it's been a long time since I've really dug into it. I actually put it in earlier today for about five minutes, and I, I didn't really have time to get into it just to kind of refresh some things. And yeah, I, I think that's probably a pretty good um, description of it. If you've played Rayman 2, I, I don't know if really necessary i mean you can go back and try it if you want it's just uh i don't know maybe i'd need to go back and give it another shot but from what i remember it was fairly fun i even back in the day I'd, i hadn't played it a lot i think i rented it once or twice okay gotcha i will say it is strangely like if you haven't seen it it looks a lot like rayman <laughs> right like yeah limbless yeah yeah but he's purple um, he almost looks like a vegetable or something. I don't know how else to describe it. Right. Well, isn't he like a potion? I'm just imagining if it's called Tonic Trouble, isn't he a potion himself or something I like that? I don't remember. Okay. That's a good question. It, I just always find it a little funny that they, it's just like Ubisoft ripped off themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the intention was there, if they wanted them to sort of coexist or, or right. what the deal was. You know what's even weirder, though? I was looking this up a little bit before uh, you know, we, we started doing this. I believe Tonic Trouble came out the exact same year as Rayman 2, which is very strange considering, A, how similar they are, and B, how much better Rayman 2 is from what I understand. So, And I think it wasn't even just the same year. like They were just within like a few months of each other. So... That's weird. Um, not really sure what the story is behind that, but uh, I'm just glad that we got to Rayman 2 in some way. So, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure there's a good story there somehow, but oh well. Um, but yeah, I, I was playing Rayman 2, you know, just so that we, I could brush up on it for this episode, and I really wasn't sure how it would hold up. Um, it was one of my first games ever, really, and uh, I played it before Banjo-Kazooie, I played it before, you know, a lot of the, the gems that I would come to appreciate, like Mario Sunshine and, and uh, Donkey Kong 64, and I have to say, this game holds up so much better than what I expected. It is truly, like, timeless, in my opinion, which is really saying something, because it was one of the first 3D platformers, and it just... Everything just works so well. The, it controls well. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Uh, the the characters are interesting. There's just there's so much to 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 dive into really. So before we really you know get to the nitty gritty of the game and why I think it's so awesome, um, can you tell me a little bit, Josh, about your nostalgia for the game and like what comes to mind when when Rayman Two: The Great Escape comes to mind? So for me, honestly, I'd, I'd don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for it. it it's kind of, kind of surprises even myself because I, this is really up my alley, especially at the time. 
um, on the N64. I, I, you know, I played Mario 64 and Banjo Kazooie and Tui and Donkey Kong 64, all of that sort of stuff back when it was released. And uh, I think I just wasn't really familiar with Rayman at the time. So I, I guess it didn't immediately catch my attention. Um, or, or like with, with Banjo-Kazooie's sake, I knew Rare, I knew Diddy Kong Racing, so that already pulled me in. So I I figure, especially because I didn't have a right. PlayStation, um, so I, my assumption is I just sort of overlooked it at the time. I, I, I vaguely maybe remember seeing ads and things like that of it. I, I may have rented it once. Um, yep. So I feel kind of weird saying that because now, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Rayman and, you know... <laughs> I've been around Ubisoft quite a bit and things like that. Um, so I feel weird even, you know, saying that I missed out on it, but I kind of did. Um, I've played it more in recent years. I got it on the first time I remember actually legitly playing it is on the, well, legitimately like getting into it was on the 3DS version. It's been a few years back now. Um, not too long after it came out, it was on a pretty decent sale. And I was like, well, hey, let's jump into this. And, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, again, I don't think I've actually fully completed it, um, which is kind of strange for me with this sort of game. I don't have anything hardly really bad to say about it. Maybe we'll get more into some of my deeper thoughts in a bit. But, um, yeah, I I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for it except for, um, you know, in recent times. And then going back, and since then, I have actually played it some on the 64 and even the PlayStation version a little bit um, just to sort of try it all out. But, uh yeah, I definitely feel like I missed out on playing this as a kid. Yeah, so for me, um, I my best friend had this game. Um, I'm not really sure why she did. I think that she, like me, saw the ads all the time. I don't remember if they were like print ads, if they're like TV commercials or something, but they really leaned into the whole like him not having limbs thing, and I guess that was supposed to make him interesting or funny and quirky in some way. So um, I do remember seeing ads of some sort and having like a vague interest in the game but you know i'm glad that you mentioned that you know you were really hooked into the the rare ecosystem for lack of a better way of putting it and um you know that's just what we were used to and kind of like what we gravitated towards because that rare you know logo was like a symbol to us to be like okay that's what i want you know if it's not that I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I do know that if I see a rare logo, I'm probably going to want to play that game. So that's kind of like what we went, what, what, uh, you know, what we were attracted to as kids, basically. So for me to go outside of that was kind of like, mm, I'm not sure how this is going to go. I'm not too familiar with how other companies do things, but. Uh, yeah, my friend got the game. Um, I asked her if I could borrow it because I'm like, hey, you're not playing that. Do you mind if I like give it a try? She's like, yeah, sure. And um, I just spent days and days playing this game. And the whole time I'm like, well, this is like really good. I was not expecting that at all. And I just had such a great, great time. Um, I just you know, it was a, a very slow summer for me. Like this is when I was ten, and there really wasn't too much to do when you're ten. You know, you can't get a summer job. You kind of just hanging out in the summer. You know, don't have homework, don't have school, whatever. So, um, yeah, I was just playing Rayman Two and just having a really great, great you know time. Um, so why don't we talk about the characters a little bit? So one thing that's really cool about this game is that there's all these really quirky, unique, and lovable, charming characters. Um, this game was developed by Michelle Ancel, and, you know, Michelle Ancel has a very special place in my heart. Um, I'm not sure if anyone who's 
who might be listening to this might remember, but my very first episode with you guys and with you, Josh, uh, was the Beyond Good and Evil episode, which I was thrilled to do. That that game means so, so much to me. And B- Michelle Ancel also made Beyond Good and Evil. So there's a lot of, I don't know, he, he has this very unique style and like, when you see something that's made by him, like you can just see it right away. Um, he just has this very unique touch to to what he does, and has a very different way of of, of doing things. Really, um, although I will say he did make the King Kong game for GameCube, and that doesn't really fit his style but the way that he approached that game was really unique because he didn't want there to be like a life meter or anything he wanted you to like feel how much life you had so like the more damaged you were the more like red your vision was and stuff like that so um he's a very outside the box thinker and you you do you definitely get a taste for that with this game so um sorry going back to the characters so i'm just going to list a few of them and kind of quickly describe them so Josh let me know if any of these you know when I when I'm finished kind of you know really um, grab you so first of all there's obviously Rayman so Rayman in, in case someone's listening and doesn't really know who he is Rayman basically oof, that's I don't even know how to describe him really he's kind of like a, a dog-like <laughs> humanoid character I don't know but he doesn't have limbs that's like the main feature of Rayman he just has a head with like these floppy ears it's kind of cute and like a long nose and he has like a purple shirt with a circle on it and then he just has like his fists and shoes so no arms or legs really um, so very interesting character design and then we have his friend Glubix, which is this large blue you know chubby guy and he's kind of he's kind of clumsy and he's like this funny little guy and um he like puts things in his mouth and stuff um josh did you want to say something about globix globox globix yeah why did you say globox that's what i thought am i saying it wrong you say globox yeah globox uh, i mean i think they say globix in the game i said globox because you know G-L-O-B-O-X. I would just say Globox. But according to the game, it says Globox. So not that it really matters. I'm just curious. I think Globox sounds better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I love that Globox has this ability to to summon rain for some reason. So uh, at random points in the game, he'll, like, start dancing around and have this, like, funny little song going on. And then he'll summon a cloud. And then rain will come down. And it'll, like... Um, you know, put out a certain, like put out the flames of something, or it'll like make a, a a trap go haywire, an electronic trap go haywire, and then you can like walk through it. There's no more lasers that you have to worry about. Um, or it'll like uh, it'll rain on a plant, and that plant will grow, and then you'll be able to use that plant for whatever it is. Like if it's a plum, you could use that as a platform, or if it becomes a flower, you can use that to like get transported to a different area. So it, it comes in in hand for you know various uh, situations and uh, we also have Murphy Murphy is like a, a green little guy who kind of flies around he's kind of like a fairy but like with a pretty 
wide, stupid face, and he's just pretty cute and charming. I like him a lot. <laughs> My favorite thing about Murphy is the way that he talks. I like his voice a lot. Exactly, yep. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> so, like, every time you walk to, like, his space or whatever that is, like, his sign, I'm not sure, like when he comes up to you or just like random moments he'll fly up to you and so <laughs> you know you'll just start walking and then it'll the game will pause and then you see murphy flying towards you and he just goes <laughs> and that's just his voice it's a weird asmr now yeah <laughs> right exactly uh, it's um it's kind of like like more french banjo kazooie <laughs> gibberish talk in a way <laughs> so i yeah it's just like a very strange but very um welcome odd personality trait of this game and this character you know um there's there's also Clark who isn't in the game too too much but he's like this big chunky guy who's really strong doesn't really know his own strength and and is able to like burst through walls and stuff and kind of helps you at at random points uh we also have Lee who is a, a fairy that you meet. She has like these magical powers and she's a pretty somewhat central figure in the story. Um, I don't really remember too much. I just remember she's like this, you know, ancient fairy who gives you powers and uh, she does give you like these abilities. So, you know, as you progress in the game, you'll meet her more and more and then, uh, you know, your, your abilities will be upgraded. And um, do you remember Polakis, Josh? Yes. Um, the big, Loch Ness monster looking thing, right? No, that is Sam. Wait a minute. With many S's. Gosh, I got their names confused. Yeah, that's okay. I was just kind of quizzing you. So Polakis, I don't know if, if you'll remember him, but because I totally forgot about this. So this guy is, um, he kind of looks like this, I don't know, this little stubby guy, and he's like a big hat, and he's like this ancient figure in like the dream world or something, and he's like these long, oh, yeah. long Duh. hands. <laughs> um. Yeah, so yeah. that's there's Palakis. I don't remember too much about him. I just know he's like a, a magical figure in that world. And then, of course, we have two more people I wanted to mention. We have Razorbeard, who is the uh, you know head pirate, robot pirate captain, and he's like the main enemy of the game. And I, I just really like his character design. He's this little frumpy, stumpy, <laughs> um, I don't know, robot pirate guy with like a... I don't know. It's hard to describe. He's like razors all across his his beard. That's why he's called Razor Beard. Um, he's a little bit over the top. Like he's a robot yeah. pirate anyway. So that that already seems sort yeah, of yeah, over the top. I guess. Right. Yeah. He's. I don't know. I just think he has a pretty cool design. Um, yeah. And uh, and actually, we don't really see him too much in like future games now that I think about it, which is a shame because he's pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, there's the Teensies. The Teensies are these tiny little eccentric, weird, magical jokesters. And I guess they're from, like, ancient times. And they just like to, to joke around and they kind of, like, I don't know. They do random little things for you and they're, they're, they're kind of important to the story. So I really like the Teensies. And, and they do reappear in, like, future games. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Teensies. I don't know about you, Josh. Yeah, uh, I think it's pretty funny how they fight over who is the... Uh, real king of them yep. <laughs> here in this game. I don't know if you ever do find out who really is the king. I don't remember either, but that's uh, it's part of the, the, the fun of it. <laughs> 
I actually became a huge fan of Rayman after I played this game. Um, it introduced me to the Rayman universe. Um, and uh, shortly after, Rayman Advance came out, so I was really happy about that. But there's just something really charming and delightful. I know I, I might sound like a broken record with these adjectives that I use, but there's just something so great about this world. Like Michel Ancel, you know, the guy who created this game and, and many other great games, he just has this knack for creating these universes that are just so a believable and just have so much polish to them. You know, he thinks about every single detail of these worlds. And like, I would ac actually compare it to like Disney. Like, you know, in, in any Disney movie, like obviously they thought about every single nook and cranny of, of these worlds and universes that these stories take place. And this game is really not that much more different. Like you just heard the different characters within the game and, and uh, all the, unique characteristics that each of them has and and the personalities that they have and um you know i i may not have done the best job describing them but like if you look at them their character designs are just very striking and memorable and and just cool really um so yeah that's something that this game has in spades personality so um that's one thing that really stands out when you play this game so at the time when Rayman 2 came out, uh, a lot of 3D platformers were around. So, you know, Banjo-Kazooie was around, Mario 64 came out not too, uh, not too long before that. And, um, you know, like I mentioned before, this game is a lot more linear than those. So there is a map, and you kind of choose which stage you go to. But um, the way that the map works, it kind of like fits into the story. It's like part of the Hall of Doors. So um, again, they thought of like every single detail of this game. So there's like a reason why that map is like that and why you access it the way that you do. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about the tone just a tiny bit. So in case one is listening and they haven't picked up on it just yet, uh, the game's very silly. It's very whimsical. But the story that you embark on is really epic and it it does have like some dark tones to it but in a cartoony way really so you know there's the like enslavement is is a part of the story where you know some of the characters get uh, get stuck on the uh the the pirate ship and stuff but like it's it's fine for kids and uh, i think it's a great way for kids to kind of get started with a, a, a 3d platformer game um and uh let me just touch on the difficulty, because, Josh, I'm really curious to see what you think about this. So um, in terms of difficulty, I don't think the game is that hard, um, but it's not insanely easy. Like, sometimes it would take me, like, three or so tries. And um, I think that's great because, you know... Rayman's been ported several times uh, to different systems. I, I, I do appreciate that Ubisoft is trying to make Rayman keep being a thing, and I think this is like the perfect game for that. So, Josh, I'm really curious to see if Rayman 2, in whatever form it might be, let's say they port it to the Switch, do you think that this is a game that your daughter would pick up on and would appreciate? I think so, and, and granted, she knows who Rayman is at this point, but I think even without that... Um... I, th I think she very well could. I think one thing with this game versus a lot of other 3D platformers and, and such, especially at the time, is the tone, especially at first in the game, is pretty dark. Um, so it, it's almost kind of gritty. But again, like you said, it's sort of in a cartoony sort of way. It's not like, you know, blood or anything like that necessarily. But 
it's it's just got a very um kind of a dark setting the whole time like a, a pirate ship um and then like a swamp and things like that that it sort of it seems to carry at least from what i've seen through most of the game um so I, but that being said i think it would benefit from something like um maybe sort of an hd remake not like completely remake the whole thing but something that would sort of up the way I feel like the the atmosphere was set. Not that anything was wrong with it, but going back to it, I guess now, like plugging in my 64 um, a week or so ago and, and turning it on, I feel like it it was almost hard, difficult to see. And I don't think that's just because I'm old. <laughs> I, I just feel like it could use a little bit of, you know, I don't know if it's as much as the game as it is just the 64 or the old TVs and things like that. But Yeah, the N64 um, does not age too well. I, I just feel like it's a very dark game. Um, in a lot of ways, and in some ways, I think that actually, it, you know, it sets the the tone pretty well. It's not like the rest of them, um, right? Yeah, I saw it a lot, like kind of like Beyond Good and Evil, where it's like this whimsical world, but there's something serious going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, in Beyond Good and Evil, there's like you know alien invasions and uh, you know corruption and stuff like that, but it's told in this really beautiful cartoony world, and it's a lot like Rayman, where you know these pirates, you know, they now that I think of it, they do invade the world and they do kind of enslave people. Um, you know, I hate to use that word, but that is what's happening in the game, and yeah. um, it's, you know, it's a very serious situation within you know this this cartoony story um but it has a very you know playful take on it and it's it's not like too serious where it's like uncomfortable for kids like you know like i mentioned yeah. before i was like nine or ten when i played this so uh, it was perfectly fine there was never a point where i was like scared or anything and and the uh the visuals really do help with that and also the the music as well so um but i, I did want to mention you know the the controls are just fine, I think, in this game. Um, I, I think they're perfectly appropriate for the N64 controller. Something that I thought was really great was that, and I don't know if you remember this, Josh, like in the game when you are in a situation and you kind of are like, eh, I'm not really sure what to do. If you approach a certain item that is like kind of key to that stage, it'll kind of just like inter like Rayman will just interact with that object like automatically. Like if you're near a barrel and you're like, eh, I'm not really sure what to do with this barrel. If you just walk up to it, Rayman will just grab it automatically. So, and then he'll just like lug it on his back. So that you have this idea of like, okay, I need to bring this somewhere obviously. So let me just like look around and see what I have to do. So, um, um, and, and also this one stage, that's one of my favorites. I'm going to mention that this one a little bit later, but, um, you, you're in this area and there's like this rocket horse that comes at you and you have to have it kind of chase you around and then get tired out. And then like, once it's like panting, you kind of walk up to it and, and Rayman just automatically gets on his back and then you start riding him. So you know, I found that really helpful as a 10 year old for things to just kind of happen automatically. You know, it's not like too easy in a way, but it does kind of guide you and not have things be like too obtuse for you to like not know what to do next. So I really appreciated that. Um, and, uh, but one thing that I noticed when I was going back to it is that you don't have control over the camera, at least not in the 3DS version. I don't think you do in the N64 version. I don't really remember, but that's different and something that like is kind of hard to get used to, but it, it really is just fine. Um, did you have any issues with that, Josh, or do you remember having any issues with that? 
Yeah, if, if I remember correctly, I think you can sort of pull it behind you, almost like a, think of like Zelda Z targeting, almost like not quite as sharp. Um, but I think that's about yeah. all you really have. I'd, you, it, it sounds like it without playing it, I feel like, oh, you don't have any control over the camera in a game like this. Sounds terrible. But I think for the most part, it it works. Like I don't yeah. remember having a lot of issues with it. It's a little bit of a pain. Like if you pass something, you want to go back and collect. And you're trying to see, or you're like, hey, wait, maybe there's something hidden over here. If there's nothing over there and the game doesn't want you to go there, right. the camera's not going to care that you're trying to go over there. Right. Yeah, totally. But for the most part, it really isn't that much of a problem. At least I, I don't think it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, I've mentioned this a couple times, but this game is more linear and it's not just in like the the stage design or like world design where like you know as you progress you unlock a new stage and then you go to that stage like yeah that's true it is linear in that way but also the stages themselves are linear like there's not really any backtracking now that i think of it like you kind of just go forward for a lot of it although that happens in like different ways it's not like it's you know too straightforward like there's a lot of zigzagging around and and stuff so they do kind of disguise it in that way um but so there's not really a need for you to really control the camera, really. Um, it is like a 3D space that you're in, but like you're pretty much just going forward or like a little bit left, a little bit to the right. So it's really not that big of a deal. So I was really surprised by that. Like at first, you know, at least uh, this is what I do. When I play a new like 3D game, I kind of like play around with the camera just to like see what I can do. And so at first I was like pretty alarmed by the fact that I couldn't control it. But the more that I played the game, I kind of like forgot. I didn't really need to to do that. So, um, you know, just wanted to mention that. Not really a big deal. So, um, playing it on the 3DS when you don't have any camera control, um, even with like you know the C the C stick is there, but like you don't really need it. So, um, I was very pleasantly surprised by that. Um, some other uh, issues with the controls is that um, you can upgrade your abilities, but like the upgrades that you get in the game are not that major. Like at first, you kind of get the ability to hover, which is like kind of something you just get used to throughout the game. So that's pretty necessary. Um, although I I will say the ability to hover with your ears, like that's just really great for me as a you know, or at least it was for me as a beginner platform uh, lover because you know it gives you a little bit more time to judge your jumps a little bit better so there's some room for mistakes to be had uh, or whatever I'm trying to say and um, uh, and also like the the abilities that you get you know you you're able to hover which is cool you can eventually punch and then you can like punch stronger and some other things so it, it was able. It was easy for me to like understand what these uh, uh, abilities were, and also the game uses these very simple abilities in pretty clever ways. So like um, with the hover ability, like yeah, you can hover and fi- go to like a a downward platform a little bit easier. But at the same time, there's some levels that require you to like go into a gust and then like kind of go upwards. So you kind of use your hover ability as like a, a helicopter ability. So you go upwards. Because because of it. So I just thought it was a, a really 
a cool thing to see every once in a while where they kind of switch things up with like these very basic abilities. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, but like as far as items go, you don't really find too many items that you use in the game, just like very simple things. So, you know, I mentioned a barrel before, so you could like throw a barrel at an enemy, something like that, or, or plums, plums are like a, a main feature of like the Rayman series right now. Um, or like they, they always have and will continue to be, um, so you can like punch uh, a plum and it'll bounce down and then you hop on top of it and it'll be like a little platform for you. And so Josh, um, I was, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on this too. So um, how did you like the, the plum levels, if you remember those, where you kind of like punch out and then when your fist comes back to you, you kind of go in that direction. So I thought that was like a really unique way of controlling the plum. Do you remember those at all? I may, but it's been a few years since I've made it there on the 3DS one, I believe. Um, I know there was sort of like yeah. the grappling. Yes. Oh, yeah. So to speak, where you could shoot the uh, like the hooks up in the ceiling, you could swing, and that was pretty handy. It was easy to use. Again, that's one where the helicopter ability, I think, really was helpful like for the timing. If you're not exactly, if you don't jump off of the swing exactly right, that helicopter ability can be a lifesaver. Um, yep, totally. I, I'm trying to remember the plums offhand if it's anything like that. Yeah, the the, the plums aren't around that much. Um, they, uh, you know, every time you see them, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like uh, you're kind of like going down a river or something or like a lava pit or something. And so you kind of just have to like avoid the more hotter lava. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it, yeah, it, I don't know. It was a pretty yeah. cool idea to like kind of, um, navigate by using like the momentum of your fists. So I thought that was pretty interesting and something that uh, I was able to appreciate as a young kid. But um, I definitely want to talk about the art style of this game because I think that's something that makes this game as timeless as it is. And I think it holds up so much better than a lot of other N64 games. So like, it's no secret that I absolutely love Banjo-Kazooie. You and I both are huge Banjo-Kazooie nuts to say the least, but I have to say, I think Rayman 2 holds up a little bit better um, in a way because it's just the art style is so like clean and smooth and like simple in a way that I, I at least think that it, it could be ported like pretty much forever and, and hold up just fine. Um, how do you, what do you think about the, um, the, the graphics, Josh? Um, it's, it's almost hard for me to say just um, for one, I, where I didn't grow up with it versus a game like Mario 64 or Banjo-Kazooie in this example. Um, because, I, I, you know, a part of me wants to lean towards that, wants to lead towards Banjo-Kazooie looking good. And I know, like, on the um, the most recent time I played it was on the Xbox version, and that one looks really good. But granted, that one's a little bit upgraded. I haven't played this one with that sort of upgrade. Um, yeah, I think, it, um, I think it holds up well, like you were saying. Um, but sort of like I mentioned earlier, I do feel like it could use just just a, a wee bit more polish, like if they'd bring it back. Um, but I, for the most part, I, th I think you're right. I, I think for one, maybe this is sort of an odd thing I noticed, but I feel like Rayman looks really good. Like a lot of the character models, I feel like look really good. Um, and I don't I don't really feel like they need much work. I, I think yeah. they can mostly leave that alone. I think most of what I've noticed is sort of like the textures or you know some of the platforms and things like that just feel a, a little bit off but for the most part it it, it really is it, it really is good and I could see where you're coming from thinking that you know that they really wouldn't need to make 
hardly any if if any changes at all um to bring it back to modern day um basically just as is for the most part yeah i um you know like i mentioned before i played this on the 3ds and i think that the 3ds is kind of like I believe, from what I understand, it's like the the Dreamcast version, just like a port of that. So it's basically just like a more cleaned up version of the N64 game. And it looks exactly like I remember it. And I have to say, like, they did a great job cleaning that game up. Um, or And, like, kind of made me realize that the 3DS was a lot more capable than I thought. And, you know, this was like a launch 3DS game. So to see, like, how clean and crisp this game looks on the 3DS was really surprising. But, you know, there's just something about the art style that it's that's just so interesting because it's, like, it's not like it's basic. It's not like the Wind Waker where, you know, Link just has yellow hair really um there is a good amount of detail but it's still like simplistic in its own way um so i don't know the way that i would describe the art style is that it's it's very colorful and and whimsical for sure um that's just like michelle Ancel's kind of signature style and um there's just like the story there's kind of like something mysterious about the, like the tone of the graphics in a way um so they use a lot of like greens and purples and like golds and i feel like that kind of adds to this tone of of mystery and and um quirkiness that that the game has so i um like a lot when i was playing the game i was reminded of like alice in wonderland in a way except it's kind of like a, a more like i don't know cartoony alien like um fantasy type of Alice in Wonderland vibe. Um, but that, that's just me. It's just like very whimsical and, and mysterious, like I've said. Um, but, you know, the graphics are just so polished and, and well designed and thought out that like, I would not be surprised if like a TV show for Rayman um, could happen at some point in the future. Like they have pretty much everything that they need. And um uh, it's just like this fully realized world and like you see the style that Michelle Ancel was going for in every you know corner of this game like as you're playing the game you'll you'll see like these butterflies with like happy faces or these like dancing mushrooms and like they don't do anything at all they serve absolutely no function they're basically just there to you know make you feel more immersed in this world so um that's just something that i appreciate like these little details and you know again this is for the n64 so for them to be able to have these small detailed animations for something that's happening in the background is is really mind-blowing and, and i really like that a lot um i also think that like with the graphics they use like kind of like a mix of different types of graphics in a way so like rayman himself is 3d but the sprites like the the mushrooms that i mentioned they kind of like these little you know mushrooms that are besides trees and they like kind of dance along each other though they're sprites so i guess that's what enables them to to you know um be seen just fine without the the frame rate dragging or whatever and some of the backgrounds are static but they kind of like look like they're moving and sometimes they're just like two or multiple static backgrounds that kind of like interact with each other to give the illusion that they're moving 
something like with the water or or the air or something like that so um they were just really masterful with what they were able to accomplish with the game and and just make it as a immersive as it is like that world as immersive as it is and just looking technically impressive um on a system that really was not overly capable so um yeah it's just something to that I was like thinking about when I was going back to it. Um, Something I definitely want to mention because I really didn't remember this too well. The music and sound design of this game is phenomenal. I was totally struck by how amazing the music is in this game because that's not really something that comes to mind when I think of Rayman. Um, Do you have any thoughts on, on the sound design or the music, Josh? Yeah, I've caught myself even listening to some of it a, a little outside of uh, outside of the game. Um, I, I like it. I think it fits that tone very well, like you were sort of talking about before. It's it's sort of got that magical, mystical kind of vibe to it, but it's it's its own flavor of it. It's not um, it's not all what you would think of when you hear that. Like it's not all like the traditional looking fairies and unicorns or whatever and that sort of thing. You know, um, I, I think the music fits the tone of the game very well and I, I think it's like i said if you like listening to game music anyway it's sort of a decent listen outside of it yeah totally yep i um i also really like um you know the sound design so w- in regards to the sound design like all these little like jingles and and just little sounds that you hear every once in a while like when you get a lum or when you know uh, you, you like you walk on a certain surface or something like all these sounds are just a super satisfying and b like they just they have their own unique personality to them themselves like just the sounds themselves really bring out the personality of the world so um it's just like another extra detail that they thought of when they were creating the game so it's really cool to go back to it and and see that you know um and and hear it really it, it's just like it, it's everywhere Everywhere you go, and when you interact with something, there's just some kind of interesting noise or sound that just really draws you in. I was going to say, there is something I want to mention on that while we're sort of talking about the sound, and maybe you were planning on going into that, but the uh, the voices in the game. Um, on the N64 version, and I believe the 3DS, and if I remember right, um, I had to play that one some without the sound up all the way, but... Uh, the the voices are sort of gibberish, uh, mm-hmm. not quite like what you hear from banjo kazooie or ukulele or something. It's like you said earlier, it's sort of its own thing. But they do all have their own voices. You know, they all have their own sounds. Um, I guess you could say similar mm-hmm. like banjo kazooie. But in the PlayStation version, they actually speak like full regular sentences. Yeah, so it's it's almost jarring, but uh, I actually think it it was done really well. Like it's not. Oh, you know, you I didn't would know think that. A game like that back in the in the nineties that the voice acting in it probably wouldn't be much to you know celebrate but it had from what i've seen of that version of it at least so far it's really not that bad i thought that was sort of an interesting thing they added to that one and i'm not sure if it's in any of the others it might be in like the dreamcast huh. one or i think there's a windows version of it and things like that but uh, i think it's on ps2 as well it might be in that but uh yeah i just i thought that was sort of interesting they they went back and decided to add actual voices to it uh, or actual dialogue to it um yeah do do the do the voices uh, do you know if like the voices are like are they the same as like the the gibberish talking voices or are they totally different it it very much seems like it um okay from what i can tell it it seems like 
I, I don't know any of the voice actors or anything like that offhand, but like if they went back and used the same voice actors, that wouldn't surprise me at all because they, they sound mm -hmm. pretty much like what, would I, what I would expect. Now, I haven't heard Murphy talk at all, though. <laughs> I saw Murphy, <laughs> but I haven't heard him speak. Um, so, and, and I'd almost be disappointed. His his little weird whisper kind of sound is almost satisfying to hear. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, just sort of an interesting little fact to add to that. Cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I didn't realize that. I'm going to have to look that up later because, um, you know, I've only played the N64 version, which definitely didn't have uh, voice clips. And uh, the 3DS one does not, too. The, the 3DS one's basically the N64 version, just like slightly prettier, really. Um, cool. I'll, yeah, I'll have to look into that. I'm really curious now. Um, I'd like to kind of jump to uh, the environments and like the level design that they have. Um, we kind of mentioned a few things already, but um, I just wanted to say that like I was really impressed from like a level design perspective, just how well made the levels are. And I was surprised going back to it because the levels are like, for well, yeah, first of all, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of levels in this game, which I was not expecting at all. I thought the game was a lot shorter than um, than what I ended up playing um, because, I don't know, I guess I dedicated, like, I don't know, a, a whole day to it and just, like, beat it in, like, the whole day or, like, a couple of days. Um, it really didn't take me that long in the summer, but, uh, you know, I've been playing it for, like, two weeks now, and I'm only at, like, 35%, I think, and I've been playing it for a few hours, and I'm still, like, yeah. you know, not that far into it. So uh, I am very impressed with uh, how many levels there are, but also the length of the levels surprised me, too. So they're not, like, overly long, but they're pretty lengthy. Um, you know, it takes about, I don't know, 20 or so minutes to beat a level. Um I mean, each one's completely different, but, you know, it's not like, uh, like new Super Mario Brothers where, you know, you get, go to left, go from left to right in like, you know, three or so minutes or something. This takes like a little bit of thinking and, and consideration. And, uh, there's multiple phases of the levels too. So like, you know, at first you'll be hopping and bopping around and then you'll be racing on a, one of those rocket horse things, or you'll be, you know, jet skiing with that snake thing. Yeah. And, and then after after that, you'll be, I don't know, uh, trying to avoid a pirate ship's, uh, you know, cannons that are being shot against you. So there's multiple phases, and uh, that's what adds to the, the length of these levels. So it's just really impressive what they were able to do for the N64. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, just wanted to kind of mention that. Um, but... Yeah, I, I would describe the, the levels themselves as being kind of like tropical, kind of foresty. It's kind of like this like magical type of swamp. And um, it's kind of like this mix between being alien and fantasy in a way. So um, it's it's just like its own weird thing. And I, I, I like that a lot, you know, because um, it's very rare that you, you play a game that really just tries to be its own kooky, strange thing. Because um, there's a lot of copycat games out there these days, you know. Um, this one definitely wasn't. Like, I, I think in that era, there was a lot of games guilty of being sort of a copycat of Mario 64 more than anything. Mm, you, could, you could even sort of argue Banjo-Kazooie was, as much as I love that game, and I think it's, it's better than Mario 64 even. Um, this game really did sort of stick out i mean again i didn't play it back then but looking back in comparison to everything else that was out 
it, it not only had its own sort of feel with the atmosphere, but the game itself um, and the way it was played. Um, yeah. You said it was a bit more linear, but it, it, it kind of worked here. It, it was, it's, it's kind of nice for a, a little change from pace anyway. And the levels themselves, like, uh, aren't super, super long. So if you miss something and you do want 100%, it, it seems sort of doable to go back without getting frustrated. Like, oh, I missed. It's, uh, it's like in a Crash Bandicoot game when you miss one box, if you've ever played one of right. those. That's a pain in the butt. I don't feel like that's as much of a problem here. Like, if you're going for 100%, at least, again, from my from my perspective, I feel like it's doable. It's They're not going to hide a ton of the lums from you as deviously as maybe some other games would. I, it, it really depends on the levels. Some are a little bit more devious than others, but um, but yeah, it's with Crash. It's like sometimes it's really hard to find where those uh, those boxes are. But um, but one thing that you know, I in a way I would kind of disagree because there were some things that were really hard in the game to find because. You know, like we mentioned before, you don't have control over the camera. So there are some things that you have to find and you can't, you know, pan around with the camera to go find them. You have to kind of like find them by chance. So that's something that was yeah. a, a little strange. Like there were some lumps that I found completely by chance because like, I don't know, the camera glitched out or like I accidentally went to this one corner of the game and, and found it. So um, so there is that. But like, I don't know, it's that that's fine. Like I, I don't mind kind of like finding things by chance like it's Rayman it's not like this very serious game so I don't think I'm gonna be too hung up on on you know not finding all these lums I don't know that's just me but um yeah there's there's lots of levels like I mentioned before but you know in each level there's multiple phases but across every single level there's so much variety in what you do in this game and that i think is like the biggest strong point of the game so um in in any particular level you're like platforming there's like a little bit of stealth there's like this uh you know i've mentioned this a few times where there's like this rocket horse that comes up to you you wait for it to get tired and then you start riding it and then when you're riding it you have to like avoid these obstacles that are kind of like shooting out at you and um one of my favorite parts and i'll mention this in like a little bit is like where you're sitting on a chair and you kind of have to like spin the chair around in like 360 degrees to like avoid things coming at you it's kind of like this roller coaster in a way that was like my favorite level and um there's like bosses there's like these levels that are a little bit more epic than the other ones these sanctuaries so there's like the sanctuary of like fire and stone and the sanctuary of water and ice and there's only a few of them but like they're kind of like these you know big deal uh pretty epic levels and um I really appreciated those because, uh, you know, as a kid, I was big on like the elements of, of the like nature and stuff. I just thought it was fun when things played around with like this balance of natural forces. So, you know, water, fire, ice, you know, lightning, whatever. So I, I, I like that a lot. That really called to me as a kid, but, um, there's also, uh, like where you jet ski with a snake. So I think you mentioned that character before yeah. that character's Sam. So it's yeah. Sam with like many S's. <laughs> so that was really fun. That's one of the first few levels you play. And I loved that level. That was so much fun. Yeah. I, I think that's, that was a really fun part. And I feel like, again, sort of going back to this era, trying to think back to it. Some, a lot of these games they, they might throw in a little bit of variety or some sort of different 
bit of gameplay sort of like that, but a lot of them I don't feel like do it all that wonderfully. Where I feel like here it was done really, really nice, and it and it doesn't last, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yes, great um, point. So, so that was it. Almost actually made me want more out of it. Like I was like, oh man, that was it. It like which felt good in comparison to some games that get into a loop like that, and you know the main gameplay that you want is being just overshadowed by some. You know, right. side mission that you don't even really want to get through. I don't feel like that was the case here. Yeah, totally. Yep, I, that's a really good point. Um, and what I do appreciate with the variety is that these things kind of transition like so smoothly. Like when you're, you know, like if you were to look at it on paper, a stage would have, you know, some uh, platforming, and then you would have like a, a, a ship chasing you, and you would have like an escort mission or something, but you know, while those things have major differences, even though they're like within the same level, they just transition so smoothly and they just found a way to have that kind of play out within the story of that level. So it's not something that you notice right away or like something that you're very conscious of. Like you're it's just something that happens and uh, it just, it's just a very smooth transition between these different types of uh, um, categories of levels. So that, that was pretty cool and definitely took a lot of consideration on their part. Um, so uh, Josh, I was curious, do you have any like favorite levels from this game? Is there anything that like really comes to mind when you think of Rayman and, and, uh, some levels that you had a lot of fun with? Um, well, I mean, I know we just sort of mentioned it, but I did really like like the one where you do get to ride. I, I'm going to say it kind of funny, but that's Sam, <laughs> the snake. Um, yep. That whole stage, you know, I mean, that part was definitely the highlight of it, but the rest of it's just solid. It, really, a lot of it doesn't, I don't want to say this like it sounds like a negative, but it, a lot of it doesn't stick out so much like over the rest of it. Um, at least off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, that that one's that one's one that that sort of sticks out to me. Little things like that, or when it sort of diverted from the regular gameplay and did it in a in a fun way. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's that's one that I definitely remember as well. Um, there were a few levels that I played when I was going back to it that I just completely forgot about. So one of them, and maybe you'll remember this one, um, is where you like follow a whale, and you kind of have to like chase after the air bubbles that the whale leaves you. So. Um, and something that happens a little bit later in that level is not only are you chasing after the air bubbles that that whale is like leaving for you, but you have to get them, uh, you know, later on before these piranhas get them. So it kind of like steps up the difficulty in, in a very clever and like believable way. So, um, you know, if you don't get to those air bubbles, the piranhas are going to pop them and then you'll have to chase even faster after uh, the next air bubble. So I thought that was pretty interesting and like a fun little challenge within itself. Um, oh, gosh. And yeah. I and, remember uh, running out of air on that one a lot. Yes. Yeah, that was not an easy one. Um, I did play that one yesterday, and I was very proud of myself for getting through it in one try. So that was that was great. But um, I did not have nearly as much luck as a kid. That was a little difficult because, as we all know, water levels are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I hate swimming in any water level. Donkey Kong um, Country did it right, but yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. In a 2D space, it's a lot better, but in a 3D space, right. it's a little odd. And I think for this one, like you. You know, you dive with A and then you rise to the surface with X or something like that. So it's one of those and it's not, you know, it's not the worst. It's not the best. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, one other favorite level is uh, the 
I would say like the later stages of the game. So it, one thing that I appreciate with all of Michelle Ancel's games is that the more you play, the more you're rewarded with a lot more interesting variety and uh, surprises. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, the, the the last few levels and uh, especially the boss fight, I thought were very, very awesome, very cool, very outside the box and um, just just very cool and awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, my favorite stage by far is the one that I kind of mentioned before, where you're like sitting in this chair. I'm not really sure what the story is, but like you're sitting in this chair and you kind of like move around from left to right in like a 360 degree plane. And as you're in this chair, it's kind of like this roller coaster where you're moving forward and you have to like avoid these obstacles that are coming at you. So you move around completely in a circle to avoid these these obstacles. And it's just so much fun. And I died a lot in that one it is not an easy stage but it's just so so fun so yeah love that stage love it yeah definitely comes towards the end but it is well worth um uh you know trying to get to that point um so that pretty much wraps up what i want to say about the game itself but i think it's important to kind of talk about the legacy of rayman so at the time when uh, Rayman 2 the great escape came out for the n64 it had a lot of great reviews it 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 scored quite well in all these different publications and ever since it's been ported to so many things it got ported to the original DS uh, as I mentioned before it's on the 3DS and you know Josh you mentioned you know the Dreamcast and PlayStation PlayStation 2 all these other things and um, you know it sold okay um, on the N64 alone it sold um, I had to do a little bit of research and this might not be exact but I think it sold like either at or just below around a million copies so so it's like, you know, pretty good, decent. Um, but I, I find that, you know, the Rayman series hasn't really taken off and gotten the credit that I at least feel it deserves. Um, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, it is a European-made game, so I'm not sure if there's just something that doesn't really connect with audiences so much. But I at least think that the Rayman series should get a lot more recognition. Um and I think a great way to do this would be through uh, making it making Rayman a Smash Brothers uh, fighter. I think it is uh, very well deserved if that were to happen. Um, and so, Josh, what do you think? Like, why do you think Rayman might not be resonating with uh, you know Americans or even people across the world for some reason? Um, that I'm I'm not entirely sure. I, I I feel like in a lot of ways, maybe even sort of speaking from my own experience, it sort of got overshadowed by some of the other mascotty characters at the time which is a little hard right. to accept just since he's so unique you know just even as a character just to look at um right but yeah i mean especially nowadays i think one of the last major like actual major releases for that franchise was rayman legends and that originally came out with the wii u mm -hmm. what in like 2012 or something like that yeah true so and that that's a great game don't get me wrong but like that's that's a huge gap for what was essentially like Ubisoft's like flagship character I, I believe there for a little mm -hmm. while and now I feel like he's just sort of on the wayside and they don't really use him for much um so that that's a big shame and I feel like it's it's definitely time they bring him back and since you mentioned it um yeah Smash Brothers um if they want to actually go for like the gaming icons and whatnot I think that is it an absolutely perfect fit um, for one Ubisoft has absolutely no 
representation right. in characters outside of me costumes with there being 80 some characters and that, that's a pretty large company mm-hmm. um i don't understand that and the, the other one I, I think between rayman and crash like I, I don't comprehend why they're not there yeah other than the fact that they're western i won't get into all of that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i definitely think especially something like that and i know this is maybe putting a little um, a little more into Smash than than maybe what it deserves. I don't know, but I, I'm a big fan of that series as well. Yeah. But I think something like that would really bring the attention back to that series, um, and, and give it a little bump that it deserves. Right. And and possibly even make it a really good time to put out a new game. I know a lot of people that, particularly I follow, and I'm sort of in the same circles with that would love to see that series come back. Um, that that really love that character. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why it wasn't as big as I feel like it could have been, but I don't feel like it's like a tiny franchise either. I feel like it's very well known, um, and I don't think I don't think we've seen the end of it. I think there's been like this huge sort of gap for sure, and I think a lot of that just comes down to the approach um, Ubisoft has been taking in recent years, um, and again, that, that sometimes shifts, so I... I do believe we'll see it come back. I don't know in what form, but yeah, I, I do hope it's soon. Yeah, totally. Uh, I was having this like random thought the other day. Like, I wonder if it might have something to do with the fact that it had like two in the name because, you know, this was the first Rayman game that yeah. came to a Nintendo platform. And for, sure. you know, a game to start with two, it's just like, oh, I didn't play one. So I'm not sure if, yeah. uh, if I should get started with two if I don't know, like, the original story. But, um, I mean, we didn't really know this at the time. I didn't know this until much later. But Rayman Advance was the first Rayman um, that was originally yeah. on PlayStation. So we would, in a way, kind of get it. And it would you know, come to DSiWare and all these other things. But yeah, I think like two might've had something to do with it. Um, and I just feel like there's all these like weird steps that they take in trying to make Rayman be like as relevant as, as it should be. Um, you know, with Rayman 3D, um, it, it was really frustrated because a lot of the reviews that came out for Rayman 3D was that uh, just more of the same game and you know it was criticized for that for not doing anything that new but it just really annoyed me because it's like yeah it's it's the same thing but it's what's there is great you know the same thing with like Mario yeah. 3D All-Stars it's like yeah they didn't do anything you know new with it and stuff and like yeah there's definitely an argument that you can make for that but what is there is awesome. You know, it's unfortunate yeah. that they didn't add anything too different, but what's there is great. And it, it sucks because that really takes away from like the publicity that the game could get. So I think that might have been a factor with like the, the DS version, which I mean, I didn't play, but I imagine it's probably a, a little inferior to the N64 version. So I'm sure uh, other criticisms um, are very justified for that. But, you know, with Rayman 3D, What's there is a great version of a great N64 game. So, you know, that was really frustrating for me. And also, it has the benefit of pretty good 3D. Um, like, you know, stereoscopic 3D without the need for glasses that the, the 3DS had. So, it's not like amazing 3D, like, you know, Mario 3D Land, but it's um, pretty good pop out 3D. And, you know, to play a great N64 game on the go with stereoscopic 3D is pretty cool. And that's something that happened, you know, 
what, 10 years ago now, and it holds up perfectly fine. So, um, it does. Yeah, so if anyone's looking for, you know, a great uh, portable 3D action-adventure game, um, and, you know, if you're listening and this sounded like it was up your alley, I definitely recommend the 3DS version, to be honest. But um, Rayman does live on. Um, it has had some titles and sequels ever since this game came out. So there was Rayman 3 for the GameCube, which I actually really loved. I don't um, remember too much about it, but I did really enjoy that one. Um, I was speaking with uh, our pal Ryan in the uh, Nintendo Nostalgia chats on Facebook, and he mentioned Rayman Arena, um, which is a game I was always curious about. It's kind of like a Mario Party style game in a way. So I don't know too much about that, but I thought that was a, a pretty interesting take on the Rayman series. So yeah, I'll have to look into Rayman Arena. Um, Josh, out of curiosity, did you ever play Rayman Arena or know anything about it? I didn't. Okay. Um, I know of it. Yeah. And I've, I think I've watched like some videos on it or something, but no, I haven't played that one. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. I, uh, I don't know. I love Rayman so much and it would be great to kind of see a, a, a weird take on that universe, you know? Um, I was kind of scared. I will say that, uh, during the Wii era, the, uh, Rayman ha- kind of had a spinoff. So there was supposed to be a sequel to, uh, you know, Rayman 3. It was supposed to be basically Rayman 4, but they kind of changed things around to kind of fit the uniqueness of the Wii controller. And so that came in the form of Rayman Raving Rabbids. And that was a really big hit on the Wii. And so we saw a lot of sequels once that came out and it actually started to resonate with people. And so I was happy, you know, there's, it, it was kind of like a, a, a conflicting reaction on my end because I was happy that Rayman was starting to do well and getting recognition, but it wasn't so much Rayman. It was these raving rabbits. And after a while, it, it didn't even become Rayman raving rabbits. It just became rabbits, blah, blah, blah. Rabbits go on vacation or go to the moon or some stuff like that. So I was kind of worried that they were going to forget about you know, where these rabbits came from, from the Rayman universe, you know. But um, luckily, they did bring back Rayman a little bit later. So Rayman Origins did appear towards the end of the Wii's life cycle. Um, Rayman Legends was a, a, um, a pivotal and really important Wii U release to me. Um, so on top of Mario 3D World, I bought my Wii U for Rayman Legends as well. And I just cherish that game. One of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. So, um, yeah, so if you're looking to play something with that same, uh, you know, Rayman personality and charm and, and polish, I highly, highly recommend Rayman Origins for the Wii and Rayman Legends for the Wii U. They both play um, similarly, but they're both great in their own unique ways. They do things a little bit differently. Um, so, yeah, those are great games that are unfortunately still overlooked. I don't know what that's about. I think they're both masterpieces, um, but I am just glad that they exist and that they experimented with the uh, the art styles that they have at that time, a very uh, cool hand-drawn art engine that exists. Um, I hope they bring that back. I haven't seen that in a while. But anyway, that is basically what I have to say about Rayman. Um, uh, well, let me just add one quick thing about replayability because for some reason I put this at the end of my notes. <laughs> um, there is a lot to go back to in Rayman 2. Um, they do like give you these percentages and, and like totals of the lums and cages that you find at each level. So it is worth going back and replaying some of the levels in, in Rayman. So, um, 
And there are bonus levels as well. Um, so, Josh, let me just get your quick opinion. Um, what are your thoughts on, like, going back to Rayman? Do you see yourself going back and playing a game like this? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially, like I said, I know I have never, like, fully completed it. And um, given the time, I, I definitely, and, and a good, comfortable way to, to play it, um, like I said, I'd prefer to play it sort of on my TV, like the 64 version or something. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely go back to this or something like it. Or, like I said, I'd be very interested if they would just re-release the thing, like on the Switch or something. I think it would be perfect. Where you right. need something we didn't mention actually on the 64 version. You need the one of the memory cards on the 64 for it to save. Oh, and going okay. back to that, I'd I almost I'd forgotten about that. And I had to go out and find another memory card. I've lost my old ones, so it was just something I never really needed. You know, most first-party Nintendo games never use that thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's a little bit annoying. Um, yeah, totally forgot about that. I don't even think I have mine, so I'm glad I didn't play that version. <laughs> I would have been really annoyed that I couldn't save. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I wish this was one that, you know, would just get re-released again. I know there was a million releases of it back in the day, but I, th I think it would be one that's easily sort of slapped onto the eShop or something. Um, yep. I think the, totally. the Xbox, I think it was in the 360 era, they brought out like Rayman 3 on there, and I've still got it downloaded on my Xbox One. Mm -hmm. um, but 2's not on there, so I, 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 would, I don't see why this hasn't at least just been sort of ported over to something more recent. I, I would definitely play through it again, especially on the Switch or something. Yeah, and like, you know, knowing Ubisoft's track record... You know, like we've mentioned a, a few times already, they've ported it to so many things. And I'm just so, honestly, I just think that it's a matter of time that they do port it to the Switch. Like, they have no problem porting this game to anything, really. So, um, yeah, so I think it might be like a matter of time that it'll be on either Switch or like the next Switch, uh, you know, console. Um, and also, I, I wanted to mention that Rayman has appeared on like iPhone games, so like Rayman Run or, or something yeah. like that. So um, I do think that those are somewhat popular. So it is pretty good that he's getting like a second wind with uh, with those types of games. So, you know, they're, they're still experimenting and I'm sure they'll figure it out someday because I'm pretty sure that what they that that they know that what they have is is gold and they'll they'll find their audience eventually they'll just have to be consistent with trying to get it out there to uh to the right audience in the right ways you know um yeah so i guess that's all we have to say about rayman um uh are there any games josh real quick that you think are similar to rayman uh rayman 2 at least that like you know we can't play it on the switch but um, if someone has a hankering for playing a game that's like Rayman 2, are there any games on the Switch that are similar to it? Um, there's one that kind of came to mind. I haven't played it uh, myself, but I feel like New Super Lucky's Tale, if that's what it's called, might be like kind of similar. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I've played through New Super Lucky's Tale actually myself. I've almost forgot about it. I completely went through that one. And yeah, it's it's you're not too far off on that. Um, it's... It's a little more open, maybe. It, it's still got some linearness to it, so to speak. Um, so yeah, that that one comes yeah. to mind. Um, another one that is, you know, not like a an in, well, I don't I don't mean this in a negative con uh, text, but another game that's sort of older that is also on the Switch. I was gonna say not like an indie game. Um, is the Tau the Tasmanian Tiger games? Oh yeah, true. And yeah. a lot of those levels are. Somewhere in between, I would say what I would call open. They're, they're mostly open, but they're they've kind of got a linear um, direction to them as well. So that's pretty similar. Um, I would even say that 
like the Crash Insane trilogy, I, I think it's it's similar to that in where the stages are are very line linear, but there's a lot of extra collectibles and things to go back and grab. Um, it it definitely plays different. You know, don't get me wrong, Crash and Rayman aren't quite the same thing, but right. you know, it, I could see if you like that type of game. Um, I think any of those three, um, off the top of my head, would would be a decent decent thing to give a shot at least. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, those are really good suggestions. I I would not have thought to have added Crash, but like in a way, yeah, it it does play a little bit like a Crash game in a way. Um, I also wanted to mention that like you know Super Mario 3D World is around the corner, and in a way, they have a lot of similarities. You know, right. there's these more linear uh, stages, and um, you know, you kind of pick and choose which stage you want. And uh, it's just like very whimsical and silly and colorful and stuff. So I think that might be a great um, game that's pretty similar and might prepare you for Reman 2. Um, and even though these two games are a little bit more open worldy, um, they have some similarities and, and right. have like similar amounts of variety. But uh, you know, you mentioned the Crash trilogy. There's also the Spyro trilogy on the Switch, yep. and there is also a Hat in Time, which uh, I think you and I both really adore. At least I do. I don't know if you played that one, but I love a Hat in Time because uh, it's a lot like Banjo Kazooie, which we love. And um, yeah, so those are our recommendations um, for games that are similar to Rayman 2. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. Um, if you did enjoy this episode, we would really love it if you could leave us a review on whichever podcast service you're using. Um, Josh, can you tell us where, uh, I'm sorry, can you tell our listeners where they could find us on social media? Sure. One of the best places to find us would be on Twitter at Nintendo underscore um, NOS. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nintendo underscore Nostalgia there. And also on Facebook on Nintendo Nostalgia. And there's also, of course, the Facebook group. Um, for Nintendo Nostalgia on there and that's a place where we usually have a lot of different conversations and things like that going on so go check that out when you can um, yeah other than that we've um, discussed a couple things maybe coming in the future but yeah be sure to follow us on there and keep up with everything that's going on we'd be happy to have you there Yep, yep. We would love to have uh, anyone join us on any of those platforms that you mentioned. And uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up is that we love when our listeners leave us voicemail. So if you wanted to leave us a voicemail about anything really, you know, anything gaming related, uh, feel free to do that. Um, so our voicemail number is 317-969-5690. Again, that is 317-969-5690. Well, that is about it for what we have for this episode today. Thank you guys again so very much for listening to us. Um, We hope that if you get a chance to play Rayman that you end up loving it. If you do, please let us know. Um, But uh, in the meantime, you know, we'll see you next time. We have a great episode planned for you next week, and we look forward to uh, talking to you guys then. All right? Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.